Thanks for that, guys. It is time for our Monday Communities Highlight, and we've got Mike Babinistel here, host and writer of The Stockout, our community segment focused solely on CPG. Mike, thanks for being here. We are in the throes of second quarter or first quarter earnings in the second quarter now, getting ready to see some CPG companies release. What are you most excited about coming up in the upcoming weeks for CPG earnings? Yeah, so I think the results are going to be pretty solid. And I think um, it sort of boils down to a few themes here. I think the theme number one is that I think you'll see margin recovery among most of the CPGs. Now, margin recovery is really sort of the top priority for most of the CPGs. And um, most of the CPG companies have gross margins that are below pre-pandemic levels. They took a lot of margin pressure with the rising commodity costs the past couple of years. But I think we're now at a point where their uh, commodity uh, costs have come down and, and their costs have come down while their uh, prices that, you know, at the retail levels are st- level are still high and consumers are still seeing higher prices. So it's just kind of a, a timing issue where when uh, costs start to rise, they see margin pressure. When when costs ease, they they have a catch up on the margin. They're, they're finally now in, I think, that catch up phase. And so I think that's going to make the results optically look good. It's always, you know, feels better to see your margins improve rather than um, th- th- than shrink. I think the, you know, ConAgra previewed that pretty well. They saw some nice margin recovery and they're within about 30 basis points of where the pre-pandemic levels are. So I think other companies will see headed, headed in that direction as well. So I think that's theme number one. You'll see margin improvement. Uh, theme number two is I think you'll see fewer supply chain issues. And that also goes into sort of one of the components of why I think there's going to be margin improvement have just really seen a lot less evidence of supply chain issues constraining, um, you know, production volume, uh, causing incremental costs. Uh, so I think the companies will uh, say that their service levels are better. With, you know, for, for, for their perspective, service levels mean getting the products to the distribution centers that might be owned by the retailer, getting them to the retailers themselves and, and on stock and, and in full. Uh, so, so I think those service levels will be better. I think that translates to lower a little bit uh, be- better costs and uh, really improved volumes as well, because you'll have those those, um, those those products on the shelf. And that's something that could always sort of surprise to, to the upside, because sometimes it's a difference between having, you know, a couple a hundred basis points of improved volume, a couple hundred basis points of, of, of better costs. Um, so, so that's uh, something I think it could surprise the upside. And I think uh, sort of the third trend here is I think that elasticities will remain muted. Um, you know, I think if we would have seen tremendously high elasticities from pressure on the consumer in the CPG market. Um, specifically, we would have seen them already. Industry-wide, elasticity is something like 0.35. So for every 100 basis points of higher price, see about 35 basis points of, of less uh, volume, which no worse than historical levels. And um, you know, you do hear a lot about you know, trading down to, to private label brands and Aldi is the fastest growing, you know, grocery store, which is all private label. But, um, you know, but really, I mean, some of this is just re- kind of reversion back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels. I mean, the national brands really gained a lot of share during the pandemic. A part of that was because their supply chains were in better shape. So they able to get those products on shelves and consumers had less you know, choice. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the shift to, pr- to private label still seems to be pretty muted. So I think those things are all positive. There is 
um, you know, one risk we're starting to hear a lot about in the CPG, um, you know, industry aside from a pressured consumer. And that is that, uh, you know, brands, you know, could use promotions heavily to compete away uh, any improvement in margin. That seems to be a risk that, um, you know, some Wall Street, uh, you know, analysts are uh, concerned about. It's been a topic I've seen of, of the, one of the latest earnings call and some analysts, you know, research reports there too. Uh, so, so basically, um, you know, during the, the pandemic and, and the rising, um, you know, costs, one of the ways the companies raised prices without raising prices was to have fewer promotions. And so it went from about 18% of CPG items being on some kind of promotion, like a buy one, get one free down to 12%. And that's at a historically low level. You know, I, I don't see the companies sort of competing away their, their margin improvement. It seems like the, the margins are their top priority and, and they've been pretty satisfied with the volume. And I think some of the other behavior they've shown indicate that they maybe are willing to give up a little bit of volume, like reducing the number of, of SKUs because uh, they think there's more efficiency if, if, if fewer SKUs, you know, simplifies the supply chain, um, you know, et cetera. So I, I'm uh, pretty positive going into the first quarter. Definitely some reassuring news here. Sounds like there's that light at the end of the tunnel returning to some of the pre-pandemic norms here. Mike, when you're looking forward, maybe the next quarter or throughout the remainder of the year, are there any potential headwinds that you see that could arise for CPG or any things that you're just kind of, you know, cautiously, optimistically keeping your eye on? Yeah, I think all the stuff that you talk about, Anthony, with the pressure on the consumer, I think that is is still a concern. Uh, you know, I think some consumers might be surprised on how little their um, you know, tax refund was this year if they got one one at all. So uh, it just it, the, the continued pressure on the consumer, I think, is is, is one thing. And, and maybe that manifests itself a little bit later than it, than it would historically. So, um, so, so that's really sort of the, the, the biggest thing that, that that would start to show up more in CPG versus all of these other categories where we've already seen it um, on, on things that are more typically you think of as being more discretionary, things like furniture and apparel. So Mike, with us going into now the middle of Q2, I want to ask you your thoughts on the continued discussions around the merger of Kroger and Albertsons, and if you think that we could see maybe any shakeout or progress on that coming up this quarter. Yeah, so certainly the, the FTC is looking at this closely. Um, you know, I think ultimately it will be approved. Uh, what I don't know is how many, um, you know, those stores are going to have to be divested. Uh, it might be a little bit you know, more than you know, they, they anticipated. So it might be like, you know, three or 400 stores that, that need to be you know, divested. Um, I think from CPT's perspective, sort of your initial thought as well, gee, this is going to be uh, you know, trouble for them. Their, their um, you know, the retail base is more uh, concentrated now that you know, Kroger is now going to be more than a 10% you know, customer. Um, but I think some CPGs will be able to take advantage of uh, Kroger's improved, um, you know, information on uh, consumers, and so they're going to have d- uh, data on consumer buying patterns for virtually all the households in the United States that buy at traditional grocery stores, and so that can uh, allow them to have very targeted advertising for people that buy in their category. Maybe someone that buys a competing brand. Uh, by competing brand of pet food, you can advertise your pet food specifically to those people. Maybe that's the time when you do use that promotion um, as, as kind of a loss leader to get your foot in the door. So I, I think there's opportunities there, but I, I ultimately do think it's going to be uh, approved. I'm I, not of the mind that all mergers are ultimately bad for 
consumers. I mean, I think this could, um, you know, help them compete more against, you know, like a, a like a Walmart or a Costco. So also ultimately, um, you know, it, it could cause more competition if you sort of think about it that way. Definitely going to be, I think, a, a great one to watch here. Mike, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Always great to have your insights. If people want to get more of you, catch you on the stock out or CPG, I'm sorry, get more CPG insights, how can I do that? <laughs> Yeah, you can sign up for the Stockout newsletter at uh, FreightWaves.com forward slash the Stockout, or you can watch this uh, show with the conveyor belt and the boxes falling to, to nowhere <laughs> at uh, 2 o'clock Eastern time uh, this afternoon. All right, Mike, thanks for that. And uh, you catch the Stockout this afternoon. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more FreightWaves now in just a few minutes. 